Hey guys, big announcement coming soon. I'm going to email the details shortly. Please sign up for my newsletter at kidcarson.com. On the homepage, there's a place to sign up. Uh, put your email in there and the whole thing. Okay, listen. Couple cool guys here. Greg and Matt. Both big-time airline pilots. Living the dream. Dreamt of it since they were little boys. Doing it. Loving it. And suddenly, boom. Their careers come crashing down because they don't feel comfortable with injecting themselves with uh, a bunch of stuff. It's amazing how many people actually don't even realize that Canadians who don't, who don't have all the jabs can't not just like go on vacation somewhere, but they can't even get on a plane and fly across the country to visit family members. People don't even realize this. I was talking to a friend the other day who was shocked to learn this. It's insane. Anyways, these guys have had a rough go, but they're fighting back with an organization called Free to Fly, freetofly.ca. You can uh, connect with the guys here at my website, kidcarson.com. Both their bios and all their contact info will be linked to this episode. So without further ado, let's meet Greg and Matt. Hey there. How are you, man? Doing all right yourself? I'm good. All three of us here. This worked out well. Hey, good hey. timing, guys. I'm just realizing now the best part about doing a multi-person Zoom meeting, like two or more, is that my face gets smaller on the screen. <laughs> the more <laughs> Your voice as, gets bigger. <laughs> as a radio guy, it's always now weird to like do these Zoom calls and like I'm looking at my own face. I'm like, I'm not a TV yeah. guy. No. <laughs> Thanks for making the time to have this conversation. No, I appreciate you giving us the, the forum. So it's, uh, it's fantastic. I will start by saying that I'm a former air cadet. Oh, awesome. Well, there you go. I did one day of air cadets and uh, I arrived on uh, the property and it was Major Payne. That was literally the man's name who was running the squadron. And uh, You're kidding I me. just did a, a quick about face and, and out I went. <laughs> I was done. Wow. What are the chances, Major Payne? <laughs> I know. So, so I, uh, I also really connect with your uh, you know, passion for aviation and flying and reading your stories. Um, yeah, it just it hit a little bit different just because I've been around. Uh, I have my glider pilot license or used to. Yeah. Um, and spent a lot of time around airplanes. So, you know, you understand the passion then you understand, you know, exactly how difficult it is to leave this behind us. If, you know, if there's nothing else. Yeah. This isn't just a regular job. It's a, a, a passion that you have from a very young age normally. And uh, to walk away from it, like you guys have is uh, like myself too, in radio, I wanted to be yeah. in radio since I was a, a little kid and uh, to not be in it anymore hurts just because I wanted to speak my mind about these mandates, you know? Um, so let's jump into it. One of the things that people forget is that millions of us can't jump on a plane and fly, visit our mom who lives on the other side of the country or go on a little vacation or, and then you go even one level deeper, people like yourself, you can't fly these planes because you don't want to have to be forced to undergo a medical procedure that you don't agree with. Maybe let's just start with a quick background on, on who you guys are. Maybe Greg, will start with you and yeah, well, I started my aviation career in the military back in uh, 86. As Matt uh, said earlier, it was a passion from a young age. My father was an army guy, so I decided to fly the airplanes. He jumped out of uh, for a period, but it was 13 years old was uh, was when it started. Uh, and, and that genesis was also probably part of my passion for for uh, freedom as well as understanding the cost of it being somewhat of a student of history and having been brought up uh, with that ethos as well, right? So I left the military in 06 and then uh, got to the airlines and continued there until till last fall. And, and now it's pretty unclear. Uh, we're, we're at home not flying and not being paid. Uh, where that goes uh, from here is, is 
yet to be seen and, and free to fly was born out of that just seeing where this was all trending in terms of a likely mandate we figured we'd be at the the pointy end of of that given our given our jobs and our our travel so uh, Matt and myself uh, started what is now Free to Fly Canada, and it grew, grew uh, quite rapidly across the full aviation professional spectrum. It's not just pilots, flight attendants. You've got everything from air traffic control, fuelers, and otherwise, and most importantly, passengers, as you mentioned, who no longer have the ability not just to to see the world, but to do things like spend time with your dying parents uh, or your children who are on the other side of the country, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what about you? What's your background? Yeah, I came through the civilian route. Uh, you guys have already heard my one day military career. So uh, that was about as, as far into the military as I made it. I wasn't a big fan of push ups. So uh, that was it. But uh, no, I, I, um, I started hitchhiking to the airport when I was 16 years old, uh, skipping geography class and things like that so that I could get my pilot's license. And uh, it was pretty clear. I mean, I wasn't the best student in the world, but uh, I was uh, good, good at keeping the airplane in the sky. And um, my, uh, my instructor seemed to be uh, quite encouraged by that, and I just took the torch and ran with it. So um, from, from the age of about 16 years old until I was 25, I did nothing but uh, obsess about aviation. Every move I made, literally, uh, where I lived, who I was friends with, what schools I went to, everything like that uh, revolved around making it in aviation. So uh, I got to uh, a major Canadian airline, my uh, final destination, at least uh, as I conceived it at that time, um, when I was 25 years old, and so much of this job is is really predicated on uh, your seniority number. So your your age when you get hired is a, a big deal. So um, it's been a hard one because I've I've had the uh, the silver platter, so to speak. I've I've had a great career. I've I've been uh, at the sort of the uh, peak of seniority and. Um, it was hard to leave. It was exactly what I wanted to do with my life. I was good at it. And uh, I sure enjoyed being around other aviators and uh, taking passengers to where they needed to go. So when all this uh, came to pass, you know, it was immediately clear that the passengers were going to be the biggest victims of this. And uh, Greg and I, we were certainly um, feeling the, the pain internally uh, on a personal level. But uh, much of our uh, discourse revolved around the effect that this would have on, on the people of Canada, our passengers our whole reason for existing really. Mm. So free to fly was, was really a marriage of, of um, sort of the, the professional aviation um, employees and uh, the passengers and, and an, an attempt to speak out in a unified voice. Greg, how did you guys come together and, and decide to put this organization free to fly in action? Well, it started, like I said, with, with seeing where it was going. So we initially, uh, consulted with the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, actually give them a little plug and, and they did a good job of just helping to frame it, uh, our own understanding of, of where it sits within the legal realm. There's all sorts of things we could get into that would, would numb the mind in terms of employment law versus labor law and all of these things, but but that's really uh, where it where it started. But it's it's vested mainly in that passion for freedom of every Canadian coast to coast. And so, of course, the we talk a lot about the Charter and otherwise, the mobility, uh, our freedom of mobility, of course, is near and dear to our heart. But what we've seen over the past two years, it's it's the full gamut of these freedoms, right? And, and we firmly believe that unless the Canadians uh, step up and advocate for their liberty, that you know, there's a big rush to 
to try and solve this in the courts. Um, and then we're not convinced that that's necessarily the the primary means. You know, there's a, a famous quote, uh, liberty lies in the hearts of men and women. When it dies there, no constitution, no law, no court can save it. No constitution, no law, no court can even do much to help it. And that's really the truth of where uh, we're at is, is unless Canadians seize this as their passion, um, it's the trajectory that we're on is is troubling for sure. And the last few weeks have been, have been promising, but we we uh, we can't let up. Yeah, I don't know, but what it's been like for you guys. But I am in just utter shock that more friends and neighbors and just uh, or coworkers, even when I was still working at the radio station, didn't like stand up and go, "Hey, this well, this isn't like cool." Like, like okay, normally a bunch of us guys would go out to a restaurant once every couple of weeks and catch up, and it's like, oh, you know, for the person that says, "Well, I can't really." do that guys you kind of expect outrage even from jabbed friends to say well wait a second that's not what you expect now people to sort of stand up and go okay guys enough is enough like where are your friends gathering around what was it like for you guys um with your fellow pilots at work when all this was going down do you did you have people reaching out to you saying this isn't right you know we did have colleagues come forward discreetly and privately tell us that uh, they supported us but by and large it's been silence um, the, the general population is, is not really keen on sticking their neck into this maelstrom uh, right now. I think most people tend to seek uh, comfort and stability, and, and I think that's sort of what underlies the paralysis. Um, we've seen even the opposite, that, that it's our fault somehow. You know, there, there have been people that have been quite antagonistic to our position as well. And, and the underlying supposition was that we were somehow the problem. And uh, so I, I think this is, you know, it's, it's to your point, kid, this is, um, you know, th this is a cultural issue first and foremost. Uh, you know, the human systems that crop up around the culture are, are really just a byproduct of the culture itself. So, you know, we're looking at, at the courts for help. We're looking at uh, media for help we have to really look inside and we have to look at one another, our, our close friends and family, and uh, we really need to establish or reestablish what it means to be a free society. What is Free to Fly doing to help change the trajectory that we're on? Well, from, from the get-go, it's really the narrative is everything. And, and you've seen that over the past couple of weeks and the narrative has started to shift. And so you've seen some of these mandates and otherwise start to roll back, but, but rushing into courts, or even trying to convince uh, CEOs, um, politicians, or otherwise, as a as an example, there's many, myself included, that that say, "Well, we see the conservatives suddenly developing a conscience and a voice, but where were they over the past couple of years? There's been one or two courageous ones speaking out loud, but where have they been until the polling numbers started to show that? Well, it looks like over 50% of the population." Uh, appears to have had enough galvanized by the truckers and suddenly they developed their voice. Um, and, and I'm speaking rather bluntly, but I think at this point in, in terms of where our society is going, the time for, for tiptoeing around uh, is over. Uh, and, and yourself uh, to that point, kid, good for you for, for speaking out because really in terms of, of uh, what Matt was saying earlier about, about our colleagues uh, and not just within our industry, but across the industry as a whole, uh, it's very difficult to 
to let go of the comfort and security that you've known. But the history of pushing back on tyranny or totalitarianism, and that word gets people bristling a little bit, but really by definition, it just means the state now assumes that they have say in every aspect of your life. And that's really where we're going. And people need to wake up to that fact. Mm -hmm. Well, the history of pushing, pushing back and defeating that is being willing to sacrifice and suffer in the process. And that means letting go of some of your passions, letting go of your comfortable home, perhaps. And I'm speaking radically here, but if we don't want to be watching our children and grandchildren grow up in a dark, tyrannical world, we need to wake up uh, to where this is going. So that's really been uh, circling back to your question. Uh, our main push is to impact that uh, narrative. There's things going on behind the scenes legally. Uh, we, there's some issues going on with the Canada Labour uh, Code that I won't get into. We've got uh, things on our website if people are interested in that. We're trying to support our professionals as far as grievances and otherwise. But the biggest piece is we're joining with a bunch of other freedom-focused groups across the nation to uh, to speak into the bigger picture of where we're going as a society. Maybe over to you, Matt. Where do you think this is going? And the main focus now uh, I think, and Greg and I are, are always preaching this, but it's really winning hearts and minds. And that's what we have to do, one heart and one mind at a time. Uh, again, because this really is a, a cultural issue at its, at its core. When, when, this, when the rubber hits the road and you're in conversation, one of the things that often comes up is, well, what do I do? What can I do? And, and that's a tough one to, to really address because Everybody is so different. Everybody is situated differently. Everybody has different influences and uh, has influence uh, in their own respective ways. So I would suggest though, that we all need to do something. And what that is, is, is really up to the individual, but it very likely involves sacrifice. And this is to Greg's point. It does involve pushing into some degree of uh, discomfort and sacrifice. And again, to take an example from Greg and I, we've literally given up that thing that we love the most apart from our families, and that is our, our careers and flying airplanes. So you don't have to go to that extreme. It might just be that you give up your, you know, your, your lazy Saturday and you go and you, you join a, you know, a protest or you join a group. You could join our group, freetofly.ca. We, we would love to see you. Um, but uh, get involved and, and also ask yourself, what would you do if you weren't fearful of being judged? And then I would suggest do that, because at this point, we don't have time for, for fear of judgment. This is really about pushing into our uh, individual discomforts. Yeah, everyone seems to think that everything will blow over and go back to normal, but it's, it's obvious that things are not going back to how they were. And we will continue to move towards uh, a two-tier society at this point. I'm just curious to know what you guys are doing now, like for work, if I can ask. I mean, it must be hard to do anything ex but fly. Greg, what are you up to these days? Well, it's, it's an interesting question. And um, there's a number of people that suggest we should should make this a little bit more personal. And, and I know we're both reticent to do that because it feels a little bit like... Uh, I'm not sure what a pity party or, or something, but I know I've watched others. Uh, I think of Danny Bulford, the RCMP guy, and I remember watching one of his um, interviews, and he spoke in great detail about the day he brought all his equipment back. And I was riveted because there was some commonality, and I was like, man, that's that's like when I had to hand my iPad back uh, to my company or or otherwise, right? So. So to your question, uh, well, I'm, I'm presently sitting in a storage closet uh, at a, uh, a manufacturing company uh, where I work. So it's, uh, it is light years away from uh, what I did before. The, uh, the pay is vastly different, but I will say, uh, you know, I'm working for some like-minded, very kind 
uh, individuals who uh, who have who've hired me. Um, I'm shoveling snow in the middle of the night with uh, with a couple of young students, um, doing a variety of, of different jobs, uh, and of course, uh, free to fly is is uh, what I'm most passionate about, and which uh, what, what takes up a fair bit of time. So it's hard to say how long this will play out. It's it's not what I plan to do probably for the rest of my life, but I'm grateful for uh, others in society who see the world the same and uh, who have stepped in and and offered me uh, a place to work and and others. Yeah, it's. It's. I used to work at this big fancy radio station. Now I'm sitting on a pile of my kids' Lego <laughs> in our spare room doing a right. podcast. So there you I, go. You know, what you about know you, Matt? Yeah, well, Lori takes many question. forms. Yeah. Right. Sorry. You're sorry. Sorry to cut you off there, Greg. Well, I was just going to say. Listen, it's uh, the beauty of of us chuckling about this, and I think this this is an important moment because I feel a connection with you uh, that's almost visceral because I'm like, hey, man, I get it. Um, and, and I feel honored to be having this conversation with you. And this is why it's important to not sit in your living room and shove your head in the sand and hope this gets better. Get out there and find people who are willing to to dig into this in similar ways. Because, yeah, there's aspects of it that suck, um, to, to, to be very blunt. But then there's moments like this where you're like, hey, here's this guy that I've never met before. I didn't know other than a few days ago. and uh, And he's living the same thing. And I feel like, hey. I can do this because there's thousands, ten thousands of people that are doing uh, the, the, the same, you know, going through the same pattern of life. So anyway, sorry to cut you off there, Matt. No, I, I was going to say, uh, kid, it was incredible to, to hear your exit from mainstream media. It was a, a rare moment of uh, integrity and, and uh, real visceral honesty. Uh, I heard it the day it happened. And um, I, uh, again, I, I felt the same sort of connection like there's another guy who's who's doing the right thing you know courage I, I love this this idea that courage is not an absence of fear courage is a presence of action in light of fear and and so it's pushing into your fear and doing something anyway despite being afraid and I'm sure you were you were terrified Greg has uh, sold his house He's living in a small homestead now, way out in the country. I, I'm out of my house. In fact, I left the country with my family. We're now in a one-bedroom apartment. And um, in a funny way, you know, this harks back to that quote from Charles Dickens. Uh, I think it was a tale of two cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And, you know, when you, when you follow truth and you follow the path that you know is laid out for you, then good things happen, even though... It, it might be uncomfortable and there might be some sacrifice in terms of your comfort level, in terms of your security. Um, my family is closer with one another than we've ever been before. We've had a lot of time to spend together. Uh, this has revitalized my family life and um, even my social life because, you know, the, the types of friends that we're making now are oriented around, you know, similar values and actions, taking action. So I would encourage anybody who's on the fence about doing something you know, to, to, to further the freedom agenda, jump in, the water's warm. You're going to meet a whole bunch of people that you uh, didn't know existed and you're going to love them. So I would encourage everybody to lean into that. Yeah. And really, this is eventually going to catch up with all of us at some point exactly. down yeah. the road. So you might as well step out and be brave now rather than be caught up in the madness later. It's been well really said. great uh, meeting you guys. I really commend you on what you're doing and um, spreading the word and creating this this movement free to fly. I would encourage everyone to get to freetofly.ca. I believe is the website. 
Yep. And you can right. sign up and just be involved and keep tabs on. I'm going to jump on the mailing list too to keep tabs on what you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, you're right. Winning one heart over at a time is the first step. Absolutely. I'll tell you That's that. It. I can see the sky and the reflection of the window behind you, Matt. Man. It's a nice, beautiful, warm day. <laughs> I don't know if Greg and I have that right now. <laughs> no, not quite. Not this quite. too could be yours. <laughs> oh, man. Really nice to meet you both. I appreciate your time today. Thank and you. Likewise, kid. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll keep in touch. Take care. All right. Cheers.